Praise the Lord. Thank the Lord for gathering us this weekend. Let's gain Christ, saints. Amen? Okay. Let's read the general subject all together. Enjoy the riches of Christ for the building up of the church as the body of Christ. How about the sisters? Brothers, joining the riches of Christ for the building up of the church as the body of Christ. Okay, now let's all read the title of this message. Enjoying the all-inclusive Christ as the reality of all the positive things. Amen. Okay, let's read the verses. Colossians 2, 16-18. Actually, brothers and sisters, that's Roman numeral one. Okay? All together. Let no one therefore judge you in eating and in drinking, or in respect of a feast, or of a new or of the Sabbath, which are a shadow of the things to come. But the body is of Christ. Let no one depart you by judging you. Amen. Okay, next, John 14, 6a. Amen. Jesus said to him, I am the way and the reality and the life. Let's read that again. Jesus said to him, I am the way and the reality and the life. And let's go down to verse 17 in the same chapter. Even the spirit of reality whom the world cannot receive because it does not know him or know him. You know him because he abides in you and shall be in you. Okay, 1 John 5, 6. All together. This is he who came through water and blood, Jesus Christ, not in the water only, but in the water and in the blood. And the Spirit is he who testifies Amen. The Spirit is the reality. Okay, and lastly, John 16, 13. Amen. Okay, all together. But when He, the Spirit of reality, comes, He will guide you into all the reality. For he will not speak from himself, but what he hears, he will speak. He will declare to you the things that are coming. Amen.
person. Amen. Lord, as the spirit of reality, Amen. guide us Amen. more into yourself. Amen. As the indwelling reality, Amen. as the awaiting reality, Amen. for us to experience more of you. Amen. We thank you for tonight. Amen. For tomorrow, Amen. we'd like to be your corporate pursuers, Amen. giving ourselves to you again. Amen. Thank you, Lord, for the indescribable truths you've given us. Amen. To show us the divine reality. Amen. Dear brothers and sisters, Amen. thank you for braving the cold <laughs> and uh, coming to begin this time together. And uh, it's a joy for me. It's a great joy for me to be able to be with you. I remember so uh, uh, warmly the time that we got to have a year ago. And I don't know if you recall that we were on the Tree of Life and how there is a particular entrance, uh, an aspect of the enjoyment of the tree, in, tree of life in John 15:4, in the first part of the verse. I don't know if you recall that from last year, that as we abide in the Lord, he abides in us and we enjoy him richly as the indwelling tree of life and the tree of life in which we are grafted and in which we live. Well, in like manner, in like manner, we have a different kind of um, experiential truth this time. And the entrance into this experiential truth begins with our general subject, which has to do with enjoying Christ. Enjoying the all-inclusive Christ. Christ is all-inclusive. And I believe... And I hope we'll have more realization of that as we, as we go on. And as the all-inclusive Christ, he wants us to enjoy him. Amen. And he'd like us to enjoy him progressively, more and more and more. And so after this conference, he'd like us to um, enjoy him more than before. So could I ask you, saints, do you... Um, do you enjoy the Lord enough? <laughs> Thank you. Well, if we don't enjoy the Lord enough, and we realize, as indicated by the general subject, that in his glorious and wonderful arrangement, God accomplishes everything on his heart by taking steps to become experienceable, experiential, experienceable, and enjoyable. Then he comes to us and presents himself in way as if an inquiry and saying, would you like to enjoy me? Would you like to enjoy me more? Yes. 
And um, I don't know if you can sense, maybe, just right now, maybe there's something within saying, how about enjoying me more? So he accomplishes everything, everything in his economy. He builds up the body of Christ and closes this age by enjoyment. By enjoyment. You'll recall the picture in Revelation chapter 14 in the opening verses that there, referring to the rapture of the first fruits, which signals the turn of this age, that the ones who rapture, who are raptured are those who live the life of a pure virgin. A pure virgin. In the Bible, in the Bible, a female, dear sisters, the female gender represents those who enjoy the Lord. And the sisters, the sisters are prepared and dispositionally ready to enjoy the Lord more than anyone. So in this sense, of course, we all want to be sisters, right? So these, these um, first fruits, these overcomers, these ones who were enjoyers, were raptured to Mount Zion, which connects here with Luke 21, 36, to stand before the Son of Man to enjoy him and to be enjoyed by him as a result of being pure, given enjoyers. So yes, the way he builds up the body of Christ and the way he will turn the age is that he will make us those who enjoy him more and more and more and more. And in the hymn we just sang, hymn 1178, it refers to generality and specificity. And it says that we should be related to the Lord specific, specific, and not general. So is there anyone here who doesn't want to enjoy the Lord more? No, there's no one here who doesn't want to enjoy the Lord more. We'd all like to enjoy the Lord more. But it may be, it may be, it just may be, that our enjoyment of the Lord is a bit too, or, or what this signifies to us and how we do this may remain a bit general to us. And so our hope this weekend is that we could take one of the divinely apportioned helps into the deeper enjoyment of Christ. Consider it. Apply it. And utilize it to make us those age-turning, age-closing enjoyers. Now, just a little bit about um, a little bit more about the matter of enjoying, enjoying the all-inclusive Christ. I'm, I'm sorry, enjoying the riches of Christ for the building up of the body of Christ. I'd like to suggest that we need a spirit of wisdom, revelation, and prayer 
for this weekend. Of course, this is Ephesians 1.17. So that we could realize that what's involved and awaits us regarding our experience and enjoyment of Christ is much more than we fathom. What has been prepared, what awaits us, is an incredible kind of divine and human life in which to the angelic observers and to human observers, here is a person who is definable as enjoyment. Enjoyment that transcends human enjoyment and becomes divine and human, human and divine, and that pervades and touches every aspect of that person's living and that person that, and that person's experience with the application of the unsearchably rich Christ who is all-inclusive and is now waiting to be applied to us in our living through our enjoyment of him. So, 1 Corinthians 2.9, a precious and memorable verse, says that, with a view to a juncture like now, a juncture like this one, that you'd have this kind of revelation, you'd have this kind of realization, and the enjoyment of Christ that is humanly indescribable and unfathomable would begin to be experientially known to you. As in Romans 12, verse 1, you would prove by testing, by practical experience, you would come to have revealed to you and you'd come to begin to experience what otherwise is unknowable and incomprehensible. So this verse, verse says, that eye has not seen nor has ear heard, nor has come up in the hearts of men what God, man, what God has prepared for those who love him. So this is a, this is one, one help as to our enjoyment not remaining in a general frame and being more specific. If we'd like to have a realization of the enjoyment that awaits us, we need to love him. We need to love him. Now, <clears throat> beyond that, in making this matter more specific, I'd like to um, refer to the particular privileged position and positioning that we have because, dear saints, we are in the Lord's recovery. <laughs> we under the Lord's are under the Lord's indescribable blessing and speaking in which the way to enter into this enjoyment is open up to us. And so I'd like to I'd like to uh, point out 
a chain of precious matters with, I would say, increasing or ascending preciousness. The first is the Bible. The divine revelation itself that is filled with truth and presentation of the wonderful one that we want to enjoy. So, in the Lord's recovery, we have the Bible. And, in the Lord's recovery, we have the Bible interpreted and expounded experientially. So that, it's one thing to have the Bible, but we know that it's another thing to have the Bible opened to us, opened to us, and so there are many marvelous divine truths that have been, been recovered in the Lord's recovery and are now there helping us to realize what awaits us in enjoyment. Now, corresponding to every divine truth, there is a subjective truth. Now, if I could pause here, We've come to realize in the Lord's recovery that the elaboration and exposition of the Bible isn't merely that we could become knowledgeable regarding the Bible. Theologians, if you will, Bible students, Bible teachers, no. We treasure the expansive divine truth and specific divine truths of the Bible because they link to they point to subjective truths that correspond to them. So in the Lord's recovery, we not only have the interpreted and expounded word, which contains many crucial divine truths, but we've been helped to realize that each one of these is paired, connected to an experiential or subjective truth. Now, if you have the Bible, it's precious. But if you have the Bible elaborated and expounded, it's more precious. And then, in the elaborated and expounded Bible, you have identification of the key and major truths that's even more precious. Then, through those truths, these are connected to or related to subjective truths. Oh! Those subjective truths are most precious. Amen. Now, there's one more thing, one more thing, at the end of this chain here. But, dear brothers and sisters, what we have in our title is we have is we have a major divine truth recovered in the Lord's recovery, paired with and pointing to the corresponding subjective truth that allows that to be applied to you in enjoyment for your living and allows enjoyment of Christ for the building of the church to become for you more specific than it was before, allowing you then to enjoy more than you did before and enter more deeply into the enjoyment of Christ than before. 
So, the crucial divine truth here is that Christ is all-inclusive. And the interpreted, expounded Bible proves this to us. And we're about to focus on the book in the Bible that most points this out. Christ is all-inclusive. That says a lot about you and I. It says that if Christ is all-inclusive, for sure for us as believers, we're included in Christ. We are included in Christ. We are inseparable. While distinguishable, we're inseparable. And we are Christ, composing part of him as the all-inclusive one. Anyway, anyway, what a truth. What a truth. Now, this has a marvelous subjective application. And that is, that is, that he can be applied as the reality of every positive thing. Of every positive thing. Now, at the end of this, I think I gave you four in this sequence, in this chain, right? After you have the subjective truths, the final great truth is, we are here in the body life, in the church life, in the corporate life, where we together can now take the subjective truth and live it out. Personally, individually, and corporately. And that's what the Lord's expecting to do in Dallas, in Arlington, in Denton, in Fort Worth, in Grand Prairie, in Duncanville, in, in DeSoto. <laughs> so, so, dear saints, um, this, this last thing is ours. It's the most precious. It's the most precious. If you consider the first point, the divine truths of the of the uh, interpreted and expounded word as the as the fruit, and you refine the fruit and process the fruit, and you come to the extract, the juice of the fruit, the juice, the point, the direction, the movement of the divine truth in the Lord's recovery is that we would live out the subjective truths for the enjoyment of the body of Christ, for the, for the enjoyment of Christ, for the building up of his body. And so that's what we're on this weekend. That's what we're on this weekend. And I am just so excited to have a chance to corporately pursue this with you. Amen. So, in the sequence of verses, we'll uh, have these same scripture reading verses uh, for all of our three or four sessions. Um, and it shows that the verses in Colossians that we read, Colossians 2.16 through the first part of verse 18, where it talks about Christ, the all-inclusive one, being what we call 
the body, the reality of the shadows, is related, is related to the Lord Jesus being our way. Being our way in John chapter 14, verses 1 through 6. Our way into God. Our way into the Father. He is our way. And how is He our way? He's our way in the sequence of verses. Uh, First of all, He's our way by being the spirit of reality. He's our way by being being the spirit of reality. Who then... Who then indicated before doing so, that he was going to indwell us. Indwell us. Come into us. Then, having positioned himself into us, he said, now I'm going to guide you into all reality. Which reality, he says, is himself as the spirit of reality. So he will do this twofold operation through through our scripture reading. He will as our way into the ultimate enjoyment of Christ, he would come into us and we have the reality in us, then he would take us into himself to live a life of enjoyment of reality within him as reality. Now, this may sound abstract, but this is what we're on this weekend. And it's very, very practical. I think you will agree as we go through our outline here. And it's something that we're full of prayer that this wouldn't just be an interesting topic, a noteworthy subject, even just an amazing revelation. But this would engage you as you engage it and it would take you more deeply into the enjoyment of Christ that he wants you to have and that you want to have so that you can be involved in building up the body. Okay. So, uh, let's go to Roman number one. Let's go to Roman number one. And... Um, if I could just read this to you, and with your spirit touching and touched, uh, please, uh, well, read along. Let's read together. Let no one, therefore, judge you in eating or drinking, or in respect of a feast, or of a new moon. Very good. So we will um, we will look at this uh, series of verses uh, in detail in detail. But first, just uh, a note about where this comes from. I referred to the book that shows us that Christ is all inclusive. Now, uh, you may realize that in the entire Bible, there's a book that can be distinguished as and considered as presenting the highest revelation of Christ in the Bible. 
especially with its sister book, Ephesians on the Body, it's a revelation of Christ as the head. But it presents item after item of um, revelation not made clear, not made so clear in other places in the scriptures. So we could say that revelation, the revelation in, 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 in Colossians is unsurpassed, is unsurpassed. Now, applying what I mentioned earlier about subjective application, it would make sense then that the, if the ultimate revelation of Christ, the all-inclusive one, is, is in Colossians, then perhaps the ultimate experiential application of him would also be in Colossians. And so we, what we have here, dear saints, I don't know if you spent time on these verses in your consideration. We have what we can consider here to be an ultimate, it might be too bold for me to say the ultimate, but an ultimate um, application of the revelation of Christ. And that is, that is, as contained in these verses, that he is the reality of various, various things in the daily living of the Colossians, uh, which actually were shadows. So, let's consider that we're present-day Colossians. So, an experience of the Colossians was that they were brought to salvation through Paul's ministry, although perhaps not directly. He was brought to, they were brought to salvation him, but then, and in that salvation, they began to enjoy Christ. But then, <laughs> then, certain helps came from philosophers, from persons with certain religious convictions, and they were helped, we could say, to value certain practices, certain religious or ceremonial matters, and to have certain, um, uh, place certain emphasis on certain spiritual things such as, such as the importance of angels and so on. And they lost their original initial enjoyment. Now, as today's Colossians, we stand in the same kind of jeopardy that persons or matters could distract us from Christ himself. And so, in the Lord's amazing wisdom and sovereignty, in the release of the divine revelation in that ancient time, he released, he gave a word to the Colossians through, through the Apostle Paul, which was to free them from certain influences and let them 
return to focus on Christ again. But in doing so, in doing so, he shared with them some things that it's hard to know if they understood. But they were the prescription for them as they are for us as present-day Colossians. And that is that in their daily living, in their daily living, everything as a representation of Christ provided them an experiential and spiritual connection with Christ so that they could enjoy Christ in every, at every turn, in every matter, in everything. And this, and this was, I'm sure to them, but needs to be to us a great, great salvation. So, regarding this, if I could just share real briefly what Brother Lee said about this. He said, as Colossians opens, you have this all-inclusive Christ presented. And you see that He is the image of the invisible God. Many other items. He's the firstborn from among the dead. He's the He's the firstborn of all creation and the one who holds creation together and the one who created. He's the one in whom everything was created. Furthermore, He's the mystery of God's entire economy. He's the, he's the, he's, he's the, um, he's the center of the mystery hidden from the ages. And that mystery is the mystery of God. And that mystery then, that mystery, is He Himself as the portion of all the saints, as the indwelling Christ. And so he's, He's all these things. And so, based upon these things and others, we can say that yes, He's God. Yes, He's man. He has many, many virtues, and he's all these he's all these things. We can arrive at the conclusion, we can make a convincing case that he is all inclusive. He's there's a universal revelation regarding him. There's a universal revelation. This universal revelation, then, through these verses, becomes practically applied to us. Through Chapter 1, verse 27, where it says, This one, this one, the mystery hidden from the ages, is Christ in you, the hope of glory. So the universal one becomes the personal one. And the universe comes in as a person to have a personal relationship with us. And we've had that relationship, right? But how much do we enjoy it? We have Him indwelling us as the hope of glory, but how much do we enjoy Him? So this enjoyment has to be specific. So in verse 16 of chapter 2 and verse 17, we see that there's a possibility we could be defrauded of it, but we have a prize, and that prize is Christ, who is the reality 
the body of the shadows and that those shadows include everything in our daily living. So saints, our daily living is to be an arena uh, a place in which we foray to use a military term foray we foray into the deeper enjoyment of Christ by applying every person matter and thing in our personal universe to the indwelling one Amen. to the indwelling one and then, and then, situation after situation, juncture after juncture, moment after moment, and person after person that would otherwise be a faceless shadow to us has a face. Has a face. And that face and we see Christ, and we touch Christ in every person, matter, and thing. Now, that's enjoyment. And that's for us. And this, as, as if the book of Colossians were a setting, where the setting's made of precious material, like the setting of a ring, made of precious metal. The universal Christ, the universal all-inclusive Christ revealed in Colossians is, is, the, is the ring. And the diamond in the ring that makes it precious because makes it applicable to you and I for the enjoyment of Christ, for the building up of his body, is the fact chapter 2, verse 16 through the first part of 18, we see that Christ is waiting for us to enjoy him in all of the sovereignly either arranged or permitted details of our surrounds and our daily living. Hallelujah. So A says, as with man's physical body, the body in Colossians 2.17, as written above, is the substance. And like the shadow of a man's body, the rituals in the law are the shadow of Christ. <coughs> so the Colossians had gotten involved with rituals in the law itself, which were shadows. But they were being brought back by Paul to the body of those shadows, which was Christ himself. Christ, who is the substance and reality of the gospel. Saints, I hope, will agree that the enlivened, activated gospel is that the universal Christ, who is all-inclusive and who now indwells us as the hope of glory, is waiting to encounter us and engage us in our immediate environment in every single aspect of our daily living experience. Amen. Colossians unveils such an all-inclusive Christ as the focus of God's economy. So, 
The universal revelation in, in the first two chapters combines with the one new man and the, and, the, and, and the accomplishment of all this for the fulfillment of God's purpose in, in chapters 3 and 4. Through the fulcrum, through the leverage, through the practicality of these verses. Oh, may these verses be so precious to us. Colossians 2, 16 through 18a. Yes, very good. Okay. So, let's look at this a little bit. Let's look at this a little bit. So, in these verses, it refers to the feast. It refers to eating and drinking, to a feast, new moon, and a Sabbath. Now, maybe... uh, You didn't notice, but these correspond to daily, weekly, monthly, and yearly phenomena. So, eating is daily, Sabbaths are weekly, new moons are monthly, and feasts are yearly. So, point B says, daily, weekly, monthly, and yearly... Christ is the reality of every positive thing, implying the universal extensiveness of the all-inclusive Christ. So, the universal Christ revealed in chapters 1 and 2 comes into us according to verse 27 of chapter 1 to be the indwelling hope of glory. As such, he's inclusive, he's all-inclusive, and we can enjoy and apply him no matter what happens, and he can meet our every need. Now, through this portion of verses, this one who is all-inclusive, in application, comes out of us or brings us out of a mere inward-looking perspective to look beyond our own being and see that Christ in his spiritual reality as the consummated spirit of reality is everywhere and brings us into an enlarged experience of him through which he becomes not only all-inclusive referring primarily and especially to the application of what he is in our being but he becomes also all-extensive applying what he is in our being to everything in the material universe beyond us, causing us to experience and roam in the universal dimensions of the extensive Christ. This is to be specific for our enjoyment. Don't let the fact that this is mysterious be of concern to you. Remember, what's prepared for you, if you could easily understand it, wouldn't match 1 Corinthians 2.9. The enjoyment that's, that's waiting for us isn't going to be easily understood, but has to be experienced by you to be able to understand it. We have to be able to prove by testing, by experience, 
then it will open up to us and become and become full. So, do you notice anything here? Um, <coughs> daily, weekly, monthly, yearly. Okay, first, the first point here is that if you put these things together, if you put together the <coughs> daily eating, the weekly rest, and what these things imply, the new moon as a new beginning, and the various Old Testament feasts described in other places, but also in Leviticus chapter 23, these in application to us refer, they're encompassing. They refer to everything in our daily living. Everything in your daily living will fit into one of these categories, indicating that, indicating that Christ is the reality of everything in your daily living. So do you see how short our enjoyment is? Do you see how much our enjoyment needs to enlarge? And how it's going to enlarge? So, what I'd like to do with, with this is a little exercise. <clears throat> One is that <clears throat> first you have, you have daily enjoyment, weekly enjoyment, uh, monthly enjoyment, and yearly enjoyment. Now, if you, if you um, extrapolate this a little bit and consider the gradient formed here, the, the, the continuum formed here, you see the destiny of the Christian. From the time of their regeneration, the story of the Christian life is it starts with a little bit of enjoyment, then it enlarges, it enlarges, enlarges, enlarges. That's what awaits us. But for that to happen, you have to be, not only have this experiential truth, but as we'll see before we're finished, you also have to be in the church life. So treasure the church life as the place, the unique place where your enjoyment is able to fully, fully grow. This indicates that um, our enjoyment will become full, complete, and points to points to our eternal enjoyment in the eternal age, does it not? Now, if you reverse the sequence and say, well, the feasts were yearly, the new moons were monthly, the um, Sabbaths were weekly, and breathing is every, well, eating and drinking were uh, uh, frequent, frequent, you see, you see that our enjoyment comes to fill smaller and smaller increments of time, and we can say that our enjoyment becomes more definite and more fine, and we enjoy Christ in a more and more specific way, shortening the intervals between which, between enjoyment, Closing those gaps, yes, saints, our enjoyment of Christ for the building up of the body of Christ is to be continuous. And do you know how it gets to be continuous? If you don't have this truth, 
Colossians 2 through 18a. If you don't have this truth, there's no way for 1 Thessalonians 5.17 to be fulfilled. You all remember 1 Thessalonians 5.17. It says, unceasingly pray. So this has been a question. Maybe you've had this question. How do you unceasingly pray? How does anyone unceasingly pray? Well, of course, you can't unceasingly pray in the traditional concept of in, in a formalized way. But 1 Thessalonians 5.17 is part of the Bible. We do believe the Bible. We do know that we have to be able to pray unceasingly. Well, how are you going to do it? Well, this is how you do it. You take Christ as the reality of every positive thing, and that will bring you as it brings you into finer and finer enjoyment of Christ, it will bring you to the point where you will approximate. I'm full of faith regarding this. Where you will approximate the continuous enjoyment of Christ. And when you do, you validate and apply Him as the one who is not only all-inclusive, but also all-extensive. So point one says, <clears throat> let's see, uh, yes, point one says, daily Christ is our food and drink for our satisfaction and strengthening. So we realize day by day we need to eat to be strong and uh, to satisfy our hunger. You know, we'll never be satisfied until our enjoyment of Christ increases. We'll never be strong feel surging strength like we want to feel until our enjoyment of Christ enlarges and becomes more specific. Two, the weekly, weekly Christ, weekly, Christ is our Sabbath for our completion and rest in Him. So Sabbath indicates uh, an end of work, entrance into a stage of, of rest, and with that completion of, of, of uh, a segment of time of labor, uh, there, was not only, there was not only rest, but the satisfaction that comes from the completion of this. So Colossians, in this very context, says, you have been made full in him. Paul didn't say to the Colossians who were distracted and didn't have much enjoyment, he didn't say, he didn't say, uh, you should be made full in him, you will be made full in him. He said, you have been made full in him. Paul was full of faith that they were going to apply what he was going to say a couple of verses later. And they were going to enter into the experience of applying Christ as the reality of every positive thing. And when they did, when they did that, and through doing that, they would experience the Sabbath. They would be full. They'd be complete. They would have satisfaction. But for us to have satisfaction, aren't I right? Our satisfaction is proportionate to our enjoyment, our registration of the Lord, right? Monthly, Christ is our, our new moon as a new beginning with light and darkness. So, <clears throat> this is so graphic and so so impactful here that um, do you ever find yourself in a quandary? 
Or do you ever find yourself at a standstill? Knowing, not knowing what to do. Ever? <laughs> yeah. So, what you need at that time is you need, as you need, new light to come in to the befuddlement. Oh, that's what I do. That's what I'm going to do. And then with that new light, you have a new start. You have a new beginning. Do you know how this works out in practicality? It works out by our taking Christ as the reality of all positive things. We take him as our water bottle. We take him as our water bottle. And we realize, oh Lord, Lord, everything is contained in you. Lord, you are so flowing. You are so satisfying. You're so rich. Now I know, now I know how to quench my thirst. There's a, there's a, a new beginning in light if in the midst of befuddlement, in the midst of uncertainty, right then, we take Christ as the reality of any positive aspect of that matter, whatever it is. We take Christ as a, as, as a positive aspect of that matter, and we have a new beginning with light and darkness, and that's the new moon. That's the new moon. Uh, then, we yearly, Christ is our feast for our joy and enjoyment. So, um, you know, we have this uh, we have this matter of annual vacations, right? And so we live a certain way, hectic, under a rigorous schedule, and then we come we come to our annual vacation, our our, our holiday. And then, um, then totally changes, and we either rest or we do something that we'd like to do, or we have some enjoyable, some enjoyable time. Dear saints, this this shadow of this annual holiday just points to the fact that every day is to be a holiday, is to be a holy day, is to be a day of enjoying Christ. And as we take Christ as the reality of every positive thing, he enlarges, he enlarges. And do you think it was God's intention that man just have a holiday once a year? No, he wanted to be man's holiday all the time, nonstop. So he's provided this way for us to have him as our ongoing feast, our holiday. Okay, now... Point C uh, may seem to be a little out of sequence or uh, a break in the development here. And it is. It is a break in the development. As, as a non-author of the outline, I'd like to just surmise why I think it's there. It needs to remind us, <clears throat> it needs to remind us that the only way, well, first I'll read the point, okay? It says, the, the extensive Christ, this extensive Christ who's waiting in our surrounds to be touched and experienced by us, this extensive Christ who is full of magnetism and rich, sorry, full of attractiveness and rich in ma magnetism is the essence 
of the Bible. So in the book, Four Pillars of the Lord's Recovery, you have this marvelous, marvelous statement. But um, here, um, I'd like to remind us, um, someone could stand up and tell us, what is the main subject of the Bible and the secret of the universe? in three words, three or four. What is the main subject, no, yeah. What is the subject of, what is the subject of the Bible and the meaning of the universe? Now I know you know what this is. Okay, so among the many topics and subjects of the Bible, there is one that overarchs. There's one that encloses, collects, and holds everything. And, of course, you know, James, what is it? Uh, yes? <laughs> Christ, God's economy, Christ in the church. In the last two years in the Lord's recovery, in the outlines that we've had for the major gatherings, what is, what is the subject of the Bible, and the secret of the universe. The divine romance. The divine romance is the subject of the entire Bible, and it is the secret of the universe. As such, this topic is distinguished from every other subject in the Bible. Every other subject in the Bible bears a relationship to related subjects and is understood in its relationship to other subjects. The divine romance is different. It transcends, encompasses all the divine truths. So regardless of what truth you're studying, you have to study that truth as a subset of the subject of the Bible, and then that truth will be elucidated for you. That truth will be understandable to you in the divine sense. So this point is, in, is included here because it points to the divine romance and indicates that the only way that you can take Christ as the reality of every positive thing and take him daily weekly, monthly, yearly, and then move it back, hourly, momentarily, is that you have to be interested in him. You have to like him. You have to have tasted him. You have to be attracted to him. And you have to be in the field of, you have to place yourself in the field of his own universal divine magnetism in which he is very rich and strong. So, if the secret to the experience of the all-inclusive and all-extensive Christ is that we, must, we can and should experience him as the reality of every positive thing, the secret of that secret is point C. That you have to love him, 
and want to enjoy Him because you love Him. And so there's a motive. There's a momentum moving you to touch Him as He appears as a table, as a chair. Now, let me be clear. We're not saying that a table is Christ. We're not saying that a chair is a table is a sh- a table as a positive matter in the universe indicates Christ as the one who is solid, upstanding, able to uphold. You can lean on, etc., etc. It points to the reality, Christ Himself. Likewise with the chair. So. Um, we'll have more about this. We'll have more about this as we go on. So, so this, the verses that we have here, bring in the Bible. Bring in the Bible. So, the Bible has how many chapters? How many subjects? How many matters? In these verses, it indicates that all of those matters. In the Law, the Prophets, and the Psalms, which indicate the entire Old Testament, they all spoke things that needed to be fulfilled in experience, he says, concerning me. Concerning me. Then in John 5, 39 and 40, he says, he says, you don't find life in the scriptures because you don't come to me. So our practice, as we're getting warmed up, to experience Christ as everything in our surrounds, in our environment, is is that when we open the Bible, we realize that in the principle of its main subject, the divine romance, he's waiting there for us in every chapter, verse, and line. And he's saying, will you touch me here? Will you encounter me here? Will you look for me here? And then, guess what the secret is? As we, with longing intent, say, Lord, I'm looking for you here. Guess what? He emerges out of the words of the Bible and you encounter him. It's in this way, it's in this way, that he likewise emerges into your practical experience, in your uh, surroundings, as you uh, take him as the reality of all the positive things. Now, point D says, according to the context, your prize, you remember your prize was mentioned in, in Roman number one. Your prize in Colossians 2.18 is the enjoyment of Christ as the body of the shadows. To be defrauded of our prize is to be defrauded of the subjective enjoyment of Christ. In the verses here we see that the subjective enjoyment of Christ is our exceedingly great reward. And we see in in, in uh, Philippians 3.8 that the enjoyment of Christ is the goal and it's the thing that causes everything else to have to become relatively 
valueless. Valueless. So, dear saints, have you been defrauded of your pride? Well, if we consider, we realize, yes, we've been defrauded. Now, I don't know all of you personally, but those of you that I do know aren't happy to be defrauded. And if you uh, received a bill and you realize that you've been defrauded, you would have a little bit of response. Maybe indignation. What? Do you realize that of what is exceedingly precious, your exceedingly great reward, we have been defrauded of? So what are we going to do about that? We're going to say, no, I'm not okay with that. Well, how do you not be defrauded of your prize? Saints, this precious matter, taking Christ as the reality of every positive thing, what it does is it, it restores your prize to you and guarantees that as long as you are clear about this, as long as you apply this, as long as you exercise and build this up, you will never be defrauded of your prize. So if I could read to you what Brother Lee said about this, he said, I can testify, I can testify because I, I can testify that because I have Paul's universal and his practical perspective, referring to these verses, I am crystal clear, I am crystal clear and cannot be deprived of my prize. So I'd like to say, I can testify from my limited but blessed time to be with Brother Lee and Sister Lee. They applied this. Isn't that a wonderful secret? They applied this. They exercised daily to take Christ as the reality of the things in their immediate environment and allowed Christ to become seamless in their continuous enjoyment of him. So we'll have a little bit more about <clears throat> how we do this in a second. The next point is, is wonderful. Our need for the subjective Christ to become our enjoyment, to complete the divine revelation, our need is, sorry, our need is for the subjective Christ to become our enjoyment, to complete the divine revelation within us. If we are short in the experience and enjoyment of Christ, we are also short concerning God's revelation. So in Colossians 1.25, Paul says, I was commissioned to complete the word of God. And we revere and respect the apostle. He completed the word of God. He completed the word of God. Now, according to the principle contained in Matthew chapter 11, you are destined to surpass the Apostle Paul's experience. Not in completing the Word of God in Revelation, but you are destined to surpass the Apostle Paul in his experience of the completion of the divine revelation in subjective experience. 
So the way you involve yourself in the completion of the divine revelation is first, back to our introduction, first you study and learn the divine truths. But if you learn them all and you become a doctor of theology, you have not completed the word of God. But if you experience those truths subjectively, fully, you have completed the word of God. So Paul, having said this, having said, I, I was given the stewardship to complete the word of God, also said, for subjective experience, I'm going for it. I'm going for it. Now, remember, we have to go for it because eventually we have to go further than the apostle reached. Well, it's hard for you to fathom. <coughs> but in, anyway, how do we do this? The way we subjectively complete the divine truth, the way we subjectively complete... By the way, if you'd like to read about your surpassing the Apostle Paul, this is in the Completing Ministry of Paul, chapter 1, if you'd like to read about that. But the way we complete subjectively the Word of God is that we take Him as the reality of every positive thing. Now, is this worthwhile? Is this worthwhile? To complete the divine revelation subjectively in you and to surpass the Apostle Paul in this? This is certainly worth giving ourselves to. Uh, now, um, point F. Whatever we do day by day should remind us of Christ as the reality of that thing. So we're going to finish soon here. So let's make this very practical. Whatever it is in your environment that should remind you of Christ. Now, does this not point to the divine romance? The things in your environment and surrounds are there, not most of them because you put them there or arranged them. Maybe some you did in your personal universe. But most of them are there under God's arrangement, his creation, then his sovereign, his sovereign arrangement. All of those things are the things that you need to remind you of Christ and to experience him. So you, you realize, Lord Jesus, you're timeless. You're timeless. You're eternal. And as you recognize him as your wristwatch, you contact him as the indwelling hope of glory. And you're brought by that contact into enjoyment of him where you're merged with him, mingled with him, and enter into him to enjoy him as the timeless one. So, highlight this word remind. This word remind indicates that someone has arranged things for you to be face to face with Christ and to enjoy him. It's the sutor in the divine romance that did that for you. 
and that is waiting and watching to see if you will notice him. If we follow the practice of taking Christ as the reality of all the material things in our daily life, our daily walk will be revolutionized and transformed and we will be filled, we will be full of Christ. So once there was, once there was a brother who was courting a sister and, um, and he was trying to be creative in the courtship and he knew her route and where she would go and he left notes for her. She would just come to her desk and there'd be a note. She'd go to her car and there'd be a note. She'd go to the kitchen there'd be a note. He found a way to leave a note. So, so she just fell in love with him. <laughs> well, that's what the Divine Sutra has done for you. He's left all kinds of notes for you. Waiting for you to read the note and say, Oh, <laughs> and be freshly touched by him. Now, point G says, we need to enjoy Christ day by day as the reality of all of our necessities. And we'll close here quickly uh, with this. So, if Christ is the reality of our daily necessities, of course, in our daily living, we spend a lot of time and effort taking care of the necessary things. Many of you are heads of households. You have to provide for the family. There are daily necessities you're, 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 you're concerned about. All these daily necessities point to Christ. What is it that we need? What is the real need that we have? The need that we have is the enjoyment of Christ. Is the enjoyment of Christ. So we're going to have some, some further applications of our daily necessities fulfilled by Christ in the subpoints, and they're in two categories. The first category has to do with one limb, one side of his mingling with us. The other one has to do with the other limb or side of his mingling with us. One has to do with how rich he is when he's within us, and we recognize he meets our every need within us. And the other has to do with how rich he is when we're in him, and how we find our needs met when we are in him. So, um, firstly, the first set. Christ is our breath, Christ is our drink, and Christ is our food. So, we realize that in, in John's Gospel, as indicated by the, by the verses here, Christ indicated that he was all these things to his lovers, to his disciples. He was their breath in John 20. He was their drink in John chapters 4 and 7. Their food, their bread in, in, in John chapter 6. And just as there's a sequence in daily, weekly, monthly, yearly, there's a sequence in bread, water, and air. Food, drink, and um, breath. Yes. So, we eat when we're hungry every few hours. We drink when we're thirsty more frequently 
say every hour. We breathe more frequently every 10 minutes. <laughs> we breathe, we breathe every second. Every second. Now, do you see what this points to? Do you see the revelation this contains? Isn't it obvious that Christ is in us as our food, drink, breath to be enjoyed by us more and more specifically as these necessities in our, in our environment until we enjoy Him continuously. So, we're about to eat. Lord Jesus, You are my food. Of course, we have some realization of this. But, do we say, Lord Jesus, thank You for this sip of water. Oh, You are so quenching and so refreshing. You may or may not, but do you, do you say, Lord, thank You for this breath. 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 Lord... Well, dear saints, as we take him as the reality of every positive thing, we will take him in breath by breath. So our brother says, our prayer, genuine prayer, is to enjoy Christ breath by breath. And that fulfills 1 Thessalonians 5.17. And Colossians 4.2, persevere in prayer. So how do we do these things? We do these things by exercising to take him as the one who is the reality of every positive thing. Lord, I thank you, Lord. I thank you. You are my refreshing drink. Now, the next three, we have light, clothing, and dwelling place. These tend to be outside of us. Of course, inwardly, of course, he's, he enlightens us within uh, as, the, as the light of life. But in, in 1 John chapter 1, we walk in the light. And um, uh, and the kingdom of God is Christ as light shining over you. This is the kingdom of God. So in a particular application, light is outside of us. Our dwelling is outside of us and our clothing is outside of us, pointing to the fact that not only as he came into us did he indwell, but simultaneously, as we spent some time on last year, if you remember, he simultaneously brings us into himself. When he brings us into himself, he brings us into a living person as a realm of living in which... Just as our house provides all that we need for our daily living, He is the realm in which we live and live becomes our house as this realm in which we put Him on His clothing, we have Him as our expression, we enjoy Him as light. So, what is taking Christ, the reality of every positive thing. This is realizing that simultaneously with his being the hope of glory as the indwelling Christ in us as the all-inclusive one, simultaneously our experience of him as that is enlarged in way of enjoyment by realizing that he, as the spirit of reality, is now the consummated spirit and now 
is the realm of the consummated spirit, the pneumatic Christ, in which we, we live. How does this become real? We talk about living in the divine and mystical realm, some. We'll talk about it some more. But the practical key in is that, is that you begin to take Christ as the reality reflected by the shadow around you of the things in your material universe. So, uh, saints, this is our this is our beginning. This is our beginning. Um, so, what is the diamond in the ring of the of the book of Colossians? Colossians two, sixteen through eighteen a. <laughs> Amen. Well, saints, let's um, pray with our neighbor for a moment. And then we'll have time for you to respond to this. I'm so encouraged that uh, the Lord Jesus is so intent on us realizing how much he desires us to experience him. And to the extent that um, we would have a conference like this right now. And to the extent that he would open to us from the Word of God how all-inclusive he is and how all-extensive he is. Um, For example, with such phrases from the Bible, um, like the fact that you have been made full in him. And phrases like, um, you have been rooted in Him. Christ in you is the hope of glory. These marvelous revelations in the Bible, even that Christ is the body of the shadows, the substance of every positive thing in the universe. Christ is all and in all. If this is really where the Lord is taking us, saints, which obviously he is. I mean, there's no doubt about it. Christ wants to be experienced and enjoyed by us so much. Do not, do not think, do not count yourself out. Do not say, this is not for me. This is for you. This is for every one of us. This will result in the Lord building his church. It is through Christ being gained by us as our prize. Amen. In the outline, it says that we should we should see Christ and everything that we experience and enjoy. And when we got to part F, it says whatever we do day by day should remind us of Christ as the reality of that thing. And as Brother Rick was speaking, I thought about two weeks ago in the, in the, in the morning revival series when we considered John 16, 13, and 14 that said, but when He, the Spirit of reality, comes, He will guide you into all the reality. For He will not speak from Himself, but what He hears He will speak, and He will declare to you the things that are coming. And in verse 14, He will glorify me, for he will receive of mine and will declare it to you. The glorifying 
is done by the receiving and by the declaring. And just to make this real simple, in that list, Christ is our breath. I don't just thank Christ for my breath. I have the breath to thank Christ. I have the breath to declare Christ who is that breath to me. Hallelujah! What we are doing with our breath is to praise the Lord. If we have breath, we should use it to praise the Lord. And pray unceasingly. To breathe with 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 the desire to to experience and enjoy our wonderful breath, our wonderful pneumatic Christ, who has become, who has become the all-inclusive, all-extensive reality. We need reality. We don't need theology. We need a living, life-giving, one who's everything. I took everything in the universe, every positive thing in the universe, to dis- to try to ex- describe this all-inclusive one. Amen. This one's all-inclusive. It takes every positive thing to 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 be experienced by us. Amen. To fill us with these realities. Amen. Uh, <clears throat> you know, uh, I just got to say, that I, I I heard this that. Uh, that uh, Christ, you know, it takes everything, every positive thing in the universe, to uh, to describe this Christ. But I never, I never had the thought, I never, I never ventured to to consider that this, these, the every one of these positive things in the universe are for me to apply. Amen. And not only for me to apply, but for me to experience. Amen. These experiences should be my enjoyment. Amen. Because I am in a divine and human romance. Amen. I'm loving the one whom, whom, who is everything to me. Amen. Don't you want to pursue this one? In this kind of reality, don't we want to take these experiences, whether they're good or bad, whether they feel like they're okay or they're not okay, they're for us to experience and enjoy Christ. Hallelujah. We're involved in this divine romance. Wow. I I really appreciate this word. It's not the first time I've heard it, but I needed to uh, be reminded that everything in this material universe is God's note to us to, to... Court us and make us fall in love with Him. Until we come to the point we just breathe Him. We just, you know, everything that, everything's like a trigger. You know, like even the use of, um, uh, you know, today I was thinking about, uh, I, I made a purchase. And then I thought during the speaking, God purchased me with His blood. He purchased me for the church. You know, and all these things we can just be reminded of, of God, what, what, you know, all his riches, what he's done, and I really enjoyed that. Um, Paul's commission was to, was to complete the word of God, and so we we have the completed word of God, and we're in the church life, and we have this ministry so that we can have uh, be, so we can uh, come into this reality of the of the divine and mystical realm. But today we need to learn the divine revelations and and, and the divine truths, and also practically we need to. Learn how to experience them and apply all these things so that we can surpass our, our brother Paul and not uh, completing the word, but um, experiencing all the divine revelation. Amen. Praise the Lord, dear saints. I was just considering while 
our brother was speaking, I don't know that he used this word, but I kept, the word that kept coming to me was courting. The Lord is courting us. Amen. And He wants to increase our enjoyment of Him. I was both helped by this matter of the Lord when we come to every chapter, verse, and line in the Bible. He's asking, will you look for me here? And in the shadows, uh, in our environment all around us, He's reminding us, Amen. will you enjoy me? Will you relate to me through these love notes that I'm living here, leaving here for you? I think you, if you were to ask my wife about this matter of recording, she would say something along the lines, he used to leave notes for me even in the refrigerator. <laughs> Courting is very enjoyable, and I'm just so encouraged and so held by this speaking. Uh, I just long to get back into these notes and these, these points and these verses. The Lord really wants us to have a continuous enjoyment of Him. Amen. The reality is this is the real warfare. This is what the enemy wants to keep us from. We need to press on in this matter of enjoying this wonderful, romantic Christ that we have. It truly is a divine romance. Amen. Amen. I was really impressed about the shadows of the things to come. So Christ is our life and Christ is our light. Christ reveals all things to us and everything that we encounter in this life is a shadow. Shadows of Him. Shadows of what is to come. And that when we see Him face to face, there is no night. Because all that there is, all that there will be, is Christ. Amen. Christ for our enjoyment. That it would be continual. That it would be eternal. Amen. Amen. Praise the Lord for the Bible. The Bible is filled with so much truth and revelation, but each of these truths and revelations are paired with a subjective experience. Amen. And the, the, one of the major truths is Christ is all-inclusive. And He's waiting. He's eagerly anticipating that we would begin to see Him in every aspect of our living. In all the experiences that are arranged for us, we would see Him and contact Him. Amen. We would make a move towards this lovely person. Amen. We would kiss Him Amen. in every aspect of our living, Amen. every aspect of our life. Amen. Praise the Lord. Amen. Praise the Lord. I'm so glad this reality is for us. It's like a dream, right? To enjoy Christ moment by moment. But it doesn't just have to be our dream because we have all of these reminders in our daily life. And I just pray that every, um, every positive thing will become a reminder to us of how wonderful our Christ is. Lord Jesus, we love you. Amen. Amen. Lord Jesus, we love you. I really enjoyed this point that the monthly Christ is our new moon as a new beginning with light and darkness. Um, I, I'm the kind of person that it's hard for me to make decisions sometimes, and I get bogged down in the pros and cons, um, but this is a defrauding. Um, but I just enjoy that in whatever circumstance we're in, we can enjoy the Lord, Amen. and that we can find Him in each positive aspect of our day, and that this can be a continual prayer to the Lord, a continual enjoyment, and a continual watering to our, our spirit 
our spirit and soul. Praise the Lord. Amen. I was impressed with the same thing, that even the things that come in to frustrate us, to befuddle us, we can take that and find the positive, um, take Christ of any positive aspect of that matter, um, which is amazing because I feel like there's so many things that frustrate me day by day and moment by moment, so that is so many more opportunities to enjoy the Lord, that we wouldn't be defrauded of our prize, we didn't enjoy our precious Lord Jesus day by day, moment by moment, second by second, and continuously. Amen. Praise the Lord. Amen. Praise the Lord. Um, lately we've been studying in Fort Worth about the reality, Christ is the reality, uh, in the morning revival, and it's a theme lately. And when Christ is not real to you, the words Christ as the reality are very difficult. They're very empty. And that's kind of where I've been. I've just been defrauded of Christ as my prize lately. And I realize that I really need this speaking I really needed the speaking a lot. Thank you. Um, so I just want to repeat this part. All the shadows, saints, have a face. Amen. It just really struck me. All the shadows have a face. Christ is the reality of all the shadows. And this, this word reality became new to me today. He's waiting for all of us to enjoy and experience Him in all the sovereignly arranged or permitted details of our daily living. Amen. 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 Do we believe that we can experience and enjoy Christ moment by moment? Yeah. Amen. We can do it. Spirit of Caleb. Amen. Uh, I must admit, there was a pang of doubt. Oh, moment by moment. That's, that's a little ridiculous, right? All of these little things, isn't that a bit of just a thought experiment? But no, and then, then, I, then I remember the ten spies, the evil spies. No, spirit of Caleb, we need to say we can do it. We can experience Christ moment by moment. If I can be on my smartphone continuously, <laughs> Lord, be my addiction. Oh, Lord, amen, moment by moment. He is so sweet. Amen. We were created in, in God's image and with His dominion because we have a job to do, to express Christ and to represent Christ. And we've been defrauded. And uh, we've been defrauded by, well, it's good that we've had some enjoyment, and then after we enjoy a little bit, then we forget and go back and be in ourselves and we get killed, and everyone we talk to would be killed, right? So, praise the Lord for these reminders, because there's a way. Uh, Christ gave many examples of all the reminders, all the things, that the, He's the reality of all the positive things. He gave us some, some reminders. He said, I am the door. One of the things He said, I am the way, and He is the way. Amen. So, we need to enjoy on the way to the meeting, we were on, on the highway, and I, I didn't get the hint. There was a reminder. He's a highway to Zion. <laughs> Every day there's practical things. Every breath. I don't know how, but with Christ as our way, He needs to help us because we can't do it in ourselves. And He needs to work out the willing and the working. But we need to get into Him, not just for us to not be defrauded, but 
others because we're for his yes. expression. How is anyone going to hear the gospel if we're not doing our job? Amen. So we need to get this Christ. Amen. I just really appreciate how Christ is just after us, right? This is really the divine romance. Yeah. He wants us to love him. He's loved us and he has prepared all of these things for each one of us. And he's just hoping that we'll find these notes. Um, so I really appreciate the, the hope that Brother Rick gave us that we would just take this help, consider these things and then apply it. Right, the things that he's prepared for those who love him. Amen. So we just need to be those that test and prove this by testing. Amen. Saints, praise the Lord. We're in this divine romance. Amen. You know, it's the title was enjoying the all-inclusive Christ as the reality of all positive things. And then there's this line down here. It says, "We need." Oh, sorry. Whatever we do, day by day, should remind us right. of Christ. We know what I do every day? I teach math. <laughs> now, to many of you, that word is not a positive thing. <laughs> but to me, it is. And when Rick started talking about... Okay, so there's a subject in math called calculus. And some of you have cringed even more. <laughs> But the whole thing about calculus is to take these things that are time periods that are long and make them shorter and shorter and shorter so that eventually it becomes instantaneous. Amen. You know, that needs to be our experience of Christ. Amen. Not that we enjoy Him every day. We need to. But we enjoy Him every few hours. We enjoy Him every few minutes. We enjoy Him every few seconds. So that eventually we enter into this realm where He is our instantaneous, moment-by-moment -moment enjoyment. Amen. Saints, praise the Lord Amen. for this divine romance. Amen. Praise the Lord. There's one thing that really touched me. Uh, the whole message was excellent. But what really touched me was, I can't find Christ in the Bible if I don't come to Him. Every day when I read the Word, I need to ask, Lord, where are you? Amen. So that He can reveal Himself Amen. to me and I can have a top, let's see, I'm going to say, topper enjoyment. Amen. Praise the Lord. <laughs> Amen. Saints, our destiny is to enjoy the Lord. You know, if we are not enjoying the Lord, we annul the grace of God. You know, our destiny is not just to enjoy the Lord, but to love Him from all our hearts. You know, when I, I received the Lord in 91, I learned that, uh, you know, He is my divine romance. I started with Romans. I am so, so happy that he needed to remind me again, Radoika, you need to come back to me. I am the center of universe. Amen. And I, you know, the secret of this universe is this divine romance. Amen. And another thing is, saints, treasure the church life. Do not let enemy to just, you know, to put you off, off your way. 
keep your eyes on Jesus. Be in the church life. Do not give up. Only so together we can enjoy the Lord. Amen. Praise the Lord. You know, saints, I was really touched by this matter that the Lord has arranged our environment and He's there as, as the suitor. And he's, he's arranged it so that we would come, we would seek Him there in those, in those positive aspects of our environment so that we would put a face on our situation. This was really precious, wasn't it? Don't you want to find the Lord in your environment in all those positive aspects? Oh Lord, bring us into this. Okay, uh, what we'll do now is we'll break till 7.30. That's when the next meeting will start. And... and um, for those of you, if you brought something to eat, we have a, a dining room downstairs. If you go down the stairs uh, to the right and go all the and follow the uh, hallway, you'll find chairs and tables, and I think there's water there and also some snacks. Okay, um, if you're going to go out to eat, the place to go is on Beltline Road or Highway 183. There's a number of restaurants there. You can find something. Okay. Um, so why don't we dismiss and be back at, say, 725. Amen. Amen.